You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 35 West Chelton Avenue. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. Over the summer, I spoke about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And specifically, I spent time on Marian apparitions and their cultural significance. Um, But for those of you who weren't here um, or missed that one, um, we talked about Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico, who presented a flower and called for renewal. Our Lady of Kibo in Rwanda, who warned of corruption through the voices of schoolgirls. Our Lady of Getzwald in Poland, who gave a message of deliverance in the illegal Polish language. And also Our Lady of Levang in Vietnam, who appeared in Vietnamese clothing with healing wisdom and comfort. And through these Marian apparitions, we uplifted the voices, experiences, and theology of the oppressed. And we saw how they were beautifully tied together in the message of the Magnificat. Mary likes to shake things up, and I hope to continue with that spirit today. And in the third Sunday of Advent, um, we here at Circle often remember Mary, as do many others. Um, And so we will continue with that theme and remember Mary through the Magnificat. Some of us may have grown up with the Magnificat and know it super well. Um, Others, like myself, maybe find it a little bit less familiar, and that's completely okay. Um, It's also called Mary Song, so if that sounds more familiar to you. Um, But if not, if this is your first time ever hearing about the Magnificat, um, that's okay, because I'm hoping that together we'll all look at the Magnificat with new eyes um, and hopefully listen with new ears. So, you know, it is called Mary's Song after all. So all of us hopefully will experience this um, sort of for the first time together. So in a minute, um, I'm going to give some background and then read the Magnificat to us. So I'll be reading it a few times as we go along in different pieces of it um, kind of sporadically. So prepare your ears for that. And each time I do hope that you find something new. Um, It's found in Luke, and I will be using the Common English Bible translation. Um, I should also note that this translation actually typically uses masculine pronouns for God, but I changed the pronouns to be gender neutral, or I just use God instead of he. Um, So that way, the meaning of the Magnificat uh, can be heightened through us recognizing that God uses a variety of pronouns. Um, While God can be known through the masculine pronouns, I also do want us to consider other pronouns for God, since God is not only referred to as masculine in scripture, although it is often translated that way. The spirit of the Magnificat is about overthrowing systems of power after all, Um, and hearing other pronouns can help us know God in new ways by allowing our perception of God to not just be constrained by our own social limitations or understandings or power dynamics. I took one more liberty with my reading that I should let you know about. Um, At the end of the Magnificat, it mentions Abraham and his descendants. I've chosen to also include Sarah's name because she is required in the narrative as she is the someone who birthed these descendants that Abraham gets to be so famous for. Um, And while my edits may be unfamiliar to some people, um, they are not unique or original um, or really new even. Um, I'm not the first person to make these edits and I owe all the credit to womanists and queer theologians for the inspiration. And again, I'm encouraging all of us to listen to Magnificat with new ears, and I hope these adaptations help achieve that goal. So, Luke tells us that Mary was visited by the angel Gabriel, and he told her that she was pregnant. She's an unwed teenager, and so she wasn't exactly thrilled at first, um, and didn't even really believe the angel Gabriel, but the angel mentions her cousin Elizabeth's pregnancy. 
Um, and it's a bit unclear if Mary already kind of knew about this pregnancy or not, but either way, it does convince Mary, um, that she's also pregnant and that, you know, this is, you know, a gift from God. Um, so Mary then goes and visits Elizabeth. It's also important to mention that Elizabeth was pregnant at the time with John the Baptist, who we talked about last week. And when Mary greets Elizabeth, John the Baptist moves within Elizabeth's womb. And Elizabeth praises Mary for her faith and says, Blessed are you among women and bless this child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of the Lord should come to me? And Elizabeth recognizes Mary as the mother of the Lord. So Mary responds with what we now call Magnificat, her song. With all my heart, I glorify the Lord. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God, my Savior. They have looked with favor on the low status of their servant. Look, from now on, everyone will consider me highly favored because the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is their name. They show mercy to everyone from one generation to the next who honors them as God. They have shown strength with their arm. They have scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. They have pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. They have filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. They have come to the aid of their servant Israel, remembering their mercy, just as they promised to our ancestors. To Abraham and Sarah, and to Abraham and Sarah's descendants forever. Mary's words are powerful, and they are big, and they are bold. But I've never written a talk that didn't come from a frustration with God. And so, of course, I must include Mary's words. They are, of course, powerful and big and bold, and they frustrate me. Mary says God shows mercy to everyone from one generation to the next who honors them as God. But I can't help but think about all the climate disasters that wreak havoc. World in Prayer recently had us praying for those whose lives are impacted by the earthquakes in Indonesia and the lives destroyed by flooding in Australia, those in Canada and parts of the U.S. who are affected by snowstorms that were too early in the season. And these are just some recent examples, like from the past month or so, if, if that. And it can only get worse. Climate change is affecting our planet in ways that could and probably will make it unsustainable for future generations. Big companies make a lot of money off of greenwashing while not making any real sustainable changes to fix or even just limit the damage we cause our planet. We might be one of the few times in history where the next generation does not have it better than their ancestors. And this is God's mercy from generation to generation. So Mary continues. God has shown strength with their arm. They have scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. They have pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. It's been estimated that four to 500 migrant workers, people, have been killed in connection to the projects needed to make the 2022 World Cup happen in Qatar. Those of you who know me know I really like sports. It's the subject of most of my tweets, you know? If you just bring up Justin Tucker, I will talk all about how wonderful and talented he is. But I have to acknowledge that big sports entertainment serves as a really good example of the powerful getting to be powerful. Qatar isn't known for being a safe place for its migrant workers, and it's not safe for LGBTQ plus folks. And it would be really easy to just blame Qatar for the human rights violations and think if only a different place would have been chosen. 
But this thinking often feeds into or feeds from racist stereotypes about Middle Eastern countries and predominantly Muslim countries. And only being upset with Qatar doesn't address that Qatar is a piece, but it's in something bigger. So yes, we can be upset with Qatar and their human rights violations and their, the way that they treat people and recognize that organizations like FIFA must also hold our criticisms. There may have been countries with less human rights violations that could have been chosen and possibly caused less harm. And I do want to recognize that, but I've got bad news for you. Even if, and hopefully when, the World Cup is held in a country with better working conditions, in a country that affirms the humanity of LGBTQ plus people, or even if it is, ends up being held on the moon or Atlantis, it doesn't really matter because the powerful get to still sit on their thrones in all of those places, making money, proud and arrogant. And the lowly are not lifted up. They are oppressed. And there is harm. And there is death, all at the hands of greed and corruption, because the powerful have shown their strength. So Mary continues. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty handed. They have come to the aid of their servant Israel, remembering their mercy, just as they promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and Sarah and to Abraham and Sarah's descendants forever. Amazon is predicted to have its Christmas time revenue total between 140 to 148 billion dollars this year. Like billion. Like like with a B. And that number is actually lower than previous years. And while I know that Amazon's main source of income is not even necessarily uh, the consumer side of it that we might know and, and order from, and I could argue that at least they're employing people and helping the economy. But honestly, small businesses help the economy more. And Amazon, they just laid off 10,000 employees to try to cut costs and make more money. Corporate greed. And so the rich have been filled with good things, and they have sent the hungry away empty-handed. Advent is about the coming of the Savior who is going to fulfill God's plan, but we live in a world after Jesus' birth. I thought we're not supposed to be waiting anymore. So where is it? Where is this world of the Magnificat I'm told about? The world I was promised. So I'm frustrated. Mostly frustrated. But I'm not only frustrated. What is the story in Luke about? And why read it during Advent? It is about Mary and Elizabeth. Two cousins celebrating their new motherhood. Celebrating their faith. And that is why many typically talk about Mary during Advent. She is the mother of Jesus. And Advent is about the birth of the Savior. So it makes sense. But Advent is also a good time to remember that this, the Magnificat, it's subversive and it requires our attention. You have to sit with it. It's a time to center the voices that we have not historically honored. An unwed, pregnant, religious minority teenage girl. Not a woman, a girl. And so what is the Magnificat about? Is it about the birth of Jesus? Is it about Mary's pregnancy? And yes, of course it is. It is about those things. And it is about two cousins, a young girl and a woman, discussing the overthrow of every earthly empire. 
They have faith that God is going to provide a way for the upside down kingdom kingdom to exist in ways we could never imagine. So I'm frustrated by the Magnificat because I don't see it playing out the way I want it to. But what hubris I have just shown you all today. I've just admitted to you that I think that I know what God means when they want to create a new way of the world. Mary said, God has shown mercy to everyone from one generation to the next who honors them as God. And there is really good reason to worry about the future. Climate change is very scary and the world, what it could look like in these next generation. It's enough to feel hopeless. But then I remember the teenagers that I've taught the last four and a half years and the ones in this room with us right now. I know social media likes to scare you into thinking that the next generation is somehow bad or some other negative word simply because they're different from you. But I want everyone to sit and remember, what were you like as a teenager? Go ahead right now. Just just imagine that. And I want you to imagine if someone put all your hot takes on the internet and had daily photo evidence to judge you against adult standards and didn't let you learn and grow. Expected you never to change. I get to spend time with our middle schoolers here at Circle of Hope, and I've got to say, they are more than impressive. I'm not counting on the next generation to save us because honestly, I don't think we're entitled to that generosity from them, but I am counting on them to inspire us. For this next generation and the generation to come, I guarantee you that they will be more bold and wise and ready to move the world in the direction it desperately needs in order to be what Magnificat declares. And not only do I know that these next generations will do it, I'm just foolish enough to think that they are well on their way and possibly already have. And I also know that they will do it with comic relief because we need it. They're really funny. Mary was a teenager too. And if you take the time to get to know a teenager now in 2022, you will be inspired. You will be inspired to be what the Magnificat declares. But you have to be brave enough to take them seriously and listen. Mary said God has shown strength with their arm. They have scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. They have pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. They have filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. At my cell recently, we talked about how there are really big problems in the world and they can be really overwhelming. How could we possibly help? I gave you quite a few things already to be overwhelmed about. But maybe we don't need to solve all the world's problems. Maybe we don't need to solve something like world hunger. At least not us individually. Maybe we can feed our families and help out those that we can. We can make small impacts that have ripple effects that we might not ever, ever see and could make bigger impacts. I think about the Germantown community fridges. In our neighborhood, we actually have two community fridges. There's one on 20 West Armont Street and one at 19 East High Street. They both started and now organized by a former teacher and current dean at Green Street Friends named Jane. We might not all be able to solve world hunger in this country or Philadelphia or even Germantown. But Jane was bold enough to think 
that she could help feed a few people every day. And we don't all have to be Jane and start fridges, although maybe you will. That'd be great. But we can partner with Jane. You can drop off food. You can time to organize the fridges. You can send donations. You can help reach out to places like Panera who have extra food at the end of the week and coordinate drop-offs. If you don't live in Germantown, see if there's fridges in your neighborhood. There's plenty all over the city and in other cities too. We can all live in mutuality in the spirit of the Magnificat. Mary says, God has come to the aid of their servant Israel, remembering their mercy, just as they promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and Sarah, and to Abraham and Sarah's descendants forever. God has come to our aid. Our world is broken. God knows this. And they are still providing a way. God is empowering us through the story and the life of Jesus and his mother Mary. The Magnificat isn't something that happens to us. We get to participate in the Magnificat. We get to be what God promised our ancestors. And while I am frustrated, I read the Magnificat this season with new eyes. And today I didn't try to redeem climate disasters or Amazon or the World Cup. And that's not my intention to find the silver lining and all of those things. Because I can be frustrated by the greed of the World Cup and Amazon and donate to the community fridge. And I can be frustrated by the daunting realities of climate change and feel hopeless and also be inspired by the teenagers I get to know in my life. We have been empowered through Jesus to make the promises of Magnificat come true. If only we are brave enough to listen to the words of an unwed, pregnant, religious minority, teenage girl. Let us pray. With all my heart, I glorify the Lord, and the depths of who I am rejoices in God my Savior. They have looked with favor on the low status of their servant. Look, from now on, everyone will consider me highly favored, because the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is their name. They show mercy to everyone from one generation to the next who honors them as God. They have shown strength with their arm. They have scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. They have pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. They have filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. They have come to the aid of their servant Israel, remembering their mercy, just as they promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and Sarah, and to Abraham and Sarah's descendants forever. Amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at circleofhopenet.com.